My dear friends in Christ, greetings in the name of Emmanuel, God with us. And we are so glad that God brought you here today to join us in worship on this Christmas day. It is a day of rejoicing and celebration. Last night was our uh, uh, Christmas Eve candlelight service where uh, we sang Silent Night, Holy Night. What a joy it is to gather on the day after to continue that rejoicing in the birth of our Savior. And so let's begin with prayer. O Almighty God, you make this day to shine with the brightness of the true light. Grant that as we know the mysteries of that light on earth, wrapped in infinite love, we may also come to the fullness of his joys in heaven. Prepare our hearts to receive the message of his incarnation with renewed joy. Receive our praises, Jesus, for you are our joy and salvation. You are our Emmanuel God. Be with us now in this place. Amen. Amen. In our scripture readings today, we get this glimpse of God at work. And the first from Isaiah chapter 7. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be as deep as Sheol or as high as heaven. But Ahaz said, I will not ask. I will not put the Lord to the test. And then he said, Hear then, O house of David, is it too little for you to weary men that you weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. He shall eat curds and honey when he knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the boy knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land whose two kings you dread will be deserted. This is the word of the Lord. Our second reading from John's letter, the fourth chapter, beginning at verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love God does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world, that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this, we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the father has sent his son to be the Savior of the world. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. John writes, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. 
He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father full of grace and truth. This is the Christmas gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. May God's grace, mercy, and peace be yours this day in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The text for the message comes from the gospel reading from the gospel of John. Let's pray. Emmanuel, God with us, we rejoice in your birth and are thankful for your gift of life. Bless our time in your word and may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, for you are our maker and our redeemer. Amen. In the gospel reading we heard, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father full of grace and truth. It's our text. There's a, there's a short movie based on a true story that's titled, My Christmas Soldier. It's Christmas Eve, 1943. Uh, the setting is a train station somewhere in the United States. There are two children, uh, 11-year-old Gordy and his sister Priscilla. Uh, they're with their mother. They are there at the train station waiting for the train that will bring their father home for Christmas. You see, he'd been on the battlefields of Europe and the children wait for their father. They see sort of scary anti-German propaganda uh, posters in the train station. They, they hear the whispers uh, from the people uh, at the station about uh, these atrocities uh, committed in the war by the enemy. A train uh, was in the station waiting for clearance to move on, and, and, and the two children get on board the train. They begin walking down the aisle, and they, they hear the passengers. They're, they're talking about the prisoners that are on the train headed for a POW camp. They were not happy that such awful people were, would be on the very same train that they were. There's no sympathy for the soldiers, even though they were in a, in a boxcar and they were freezing and hungry. As the children wandered among the people in the station, they began to pick up a, a lot of the emotions, right? Uh, the, the anger, the hatred, a desire for revenge. Uh, perhaps it was sadness at the absence of a family member from their celebrations because of the war. But in the meantime, in the boxcar, the German soldiers were also talking among themselves. They were contemplating their future. They, were, they had heard rumors about how cruel uh, their enemy could be. And they were afraid of what would happen to them once they reached that prisoner of war camp. Well, 11-year-old Gordy manages to overcome his fear and cautiously approaches the prison car. It's there that he connects with a young German soldier by the name of Hans and, and finds that soldiers really aren't monsters. They were men that were cold and hungry. Gordy and his sister managed to uh, procure some sandwiches and some hot cocoa for Hans and his friends. Hans gives the boy his Iron Cross medal for his kindness. Gordy gives Hans a, a toy soldier that his father had given him. 
Hans says, sometimes even enemies can be friends, huh? Sometime later, people on the platform began to hear something. It was quiet at first, but, but it started getting louder, and the people of the station started to hear singing. It was German. It was coming from the boxcar. The Germans were singing Stille Nacht, Heilige Nacht. And then and the, the movie shows that you see this sort of change sweeping over this, the people on the station and then on the platform there. The, the hardness and the anger are, are changed to expressions of, of compassion, kindness. And they reply by singing Silent Night in English. The words of the carol are appropriate, aren't they? They talk about a birth of a holy infant so tender and mild. Son of God loves pure light. And slowly the, the icy coldness begins to melt between the, the people of these two warring nations. And, and the movie finishes with Hans in the boxcar saluting Gordy as the train pulls out of the station. And everyone that night was changed through a little boy and his sister whose innocence and love really reflected the innocence and love of that baby they were singing about. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father full of grace and truth. Christmas is about God's incarnation becoming a flesh and blood human being, living here on this earth, a phrase we've been hearing in all of our midweek services, God with us, Emmanuel. God come down from heaven, born in a stable in Bethlehem, into this sinful world, this baby in a manger has brought forth grace and kindness and truth, and and everyone who is touched by the word made flesh is affected by his grace and kindness and truth as he fills our lives. And that's what happened on the railway station platform, wasn't it? Gordy and the, and the people on the platform were touched by the grace and kindness and truth of the Christ child as the words of the carol reminded them of what God had done for them through the birth of Jesus. The grace and love of the Christ child touched not only the soldiers in the prison car, but those on the platform and those on the train. This is what Christmas is all about. Last night, Christmas Eve, we reflected again on the events that took place when Jesus was born. There was the trip from Nazareth to Bethlehem because of a Roman census. There was the birth in the stable. Jesus was laid in a manger. Angels appeared and told shepherds about the good news of great joy about the birth of that long-awaited Savior. Shepherds then visited the stable and and their joy at seeing this little one lying in a manger, the promised one who is going to rescue all people from their sin. And as we hear the nativity nativity account again, and as we see nativity displays, we want to retell this good news, don't we? Uh, to, to, To children, to grandchildren, to family, to friends. I mean, this is good news, and we can't help but be moved by a simple and beautiful event surrounded by Jesus' birth. 
you know, it's, it's easy to tell it just as a story. You know, we get so engrossed in the scene that depicts Mary and Joseph, the baby in the manger. There are the kneeling shepherds, and then there are the approaching wise men with their expensive gifts. And, and we get so taken up by how beautiful it all looks that we, that we miss the whole point of, about what this scene is all about. And so we come to Christmas Day. We gather celebrating what God has done through this birth in Bethlehem and why he has gone to such extreme measures in becoming a vulnerable and helpless child. We wonder, why would God put himself into the hands of a teenage mother? Why would God come to this part of the world, a part of the world that was experiencing all kinds of political unrest? Why would God be born in a place ruled by a cruel and power-hungry King Herod? Why in the world does God go to those extremes? Well, the account of Jesus' birth holds the answer. When Jesus is born, an angel announces what the birth of this child is all about. The angel says, this this very day in David's town, your Savior is born, Christ the Lord. And the angel makes it quite clear that the one whom we see at the center of that nativity scene, he is the one who saves. He is the one who gives his life to save everyone from sin and death. Everyone who believes in him will not die, but have eternal life. He is your Savior. Make no mistake, for whom God has come into this world, this is a God come from heaven to earth for you and for me. He is the Christ, the Messiah the one expected for so many generations and centuries and declared by the prophets. He is the Lord. He's God. Almighty, all-powerful God who made the universe. He is God enfleshed, in the flesh. He is God who has become a human being and come to live among us. What could be clearer than that? This very day in David's town, your Savior is born. Christ the Lord. The angel makes it quite clear that this is the reason why God has gone to such lengths to come into our world. And then today we have John's gospel. John starts off with the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The word was with God in the beginning. Genesis, right? Through that word, all things are made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In the word is life. And that life is the light of men. And then our text, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father full of grace and truth. The word is Jesus. Jesus came to bring God's love into our world and to show just how far God's love would go to restore that broken relationship between God and all people. Emmanuel, God becoming flesh, shows us how concerned he is in, 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 about the sin in our lives and its fatal consequences. Emmanuel, God becoming flesh, gives you and me a look into God's own heart. We see how his love for us causes his heart to ache for the way that sin has affected our lives. 
Emmanuel, God becoming flesh, is God rolling up his sleeves, getting in the midst of all the problems of our world and, and going and doing something about it. Emmanuel, God becoming flesh. That Christmas is about a baby who was born to bring salvation, to rescue you and me by, by giving up his own life. I mean, maybe you've heard a, about a play. It's a play that asks the question, what did Joseph do the day after Christ was born? Now, the, the day Jesus was born, of course, Joseph was likely helped with uh, the delivery, probably found the manger, putting fresh hay in it, cleaning it out, and sat with Mary admiring this little baby boy resting in the hay. But, but what about the day after? Well, the play imagines that since Joseph is a carpenter, the, that he borrows some tools and finds some wood and begins to make a crib for Jesus. And as he does so, he ponders over what, what happened the night before, and, and he, he asks this question. He asks the question saying, if they treated him like this when he's just a baby, how will they treat him when they find out that he's the Son of God? Probably asking him in a more positive way. But then the light suddenly goes off, and you can hear Joseph's hammer as it hits against the wood. But with each strike of the hammer, there's a light that momentary, momentarily flashes on a, on, a, on a wooden cross. How will they treat him? when they find out that he's the son of God. It won't be the sound of a hammer on wood, will it? It will be the sound of a hammer striking nails as nails pierce his hands and feet. And that's the tension in our worship service last night and this morning, isn't it? Uh, from the very beginning of the Christmas account, the shadow of the cross sort of falls across the manger. The manger and the cross belong together. God with us. Emmanuel. Emmanuel, God made flesh in the baby of Bethlehem who lived, died and rose again for you and me. Emmanuel, God made flesh, died to give each one of us the peace that comes from knowing that our sins have been forgiven. Uh, the comfort that comes from knowing that beyond death there is life in heaven and eternity forever. Emmanuel, God made flesh, died to change you and me. He died to give us a new life. He died to give us a, a changed heart that is loving and kind and understanding and forgiving and to live as God designed us to live. Yeah, that's what happened on that train station platform in the little movie, isn't it? The carol, Silent Night, reminded people of the peace and love that the angels talked about when Jesus was born. Hearts are changed because of Jesus. The, the, that fear, that anger, that lack of compassion is changed because of a baby born in a stable. And today, as you... Uh, like last night and today as you sing carols, as you uh, do it at home as well, as you reflect once more on the birth of your Savior, you're invited to kneel before the manger and pray that the love of God would bring about that change in your own heart and life. 
I'm going to change you in a, in, a, in a way that everything you do is going to be directed by the love of God uh, with new desires and new aspirations and a new hope. Those are the things that are going to motivate you now. God with us. Emmanuel. God made flesh. There was a Christmas card that said it well. The word did not become a philosophy to be discussed, a theory to be debated, a concept to be pondered. The word became a person, flesh, to be followed, enjoyed, and loved. St. Augustine said the Son of God became the Son of Man so that we might become the sons and daughters of God. And John said, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father full of grace and truth. God with us. Emmanuel has come. And since God is with us, we have peace. You're set free from the burdens of the past. Peace that comes from knowing that your sins are no longer held against you. Peace from knowing that when this life is over, God's prepared a place for you in eternity. Peace that when life takes those unexpected twists and turns because you know Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us, God with you, even in the most difficult situations in which you find yourselves. He's our shepherd. The shepherd who will never abandon his sheep, even if it means sacrificing his own life to do so. We have a God who loves us, who cares for us, who forgives us, and who changes us to the people that he has made us to be. He has changed you and me so that we can be those loving, caring, and forgiving people to the other folks in our lives. God with us. Emmanuel has come. Thanks be to God. Amen. And now may the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. My dear friends in Christ, our offerings to the Lord's continue. Uh, Those offerings can take place online or by texting to give or even by uh, sending it in uh, to the church office. But this whole idea of Emmanuel, God with us, He's not far off. What a joy it is to share that message. And so your offerings allow us as a church and as a school to share the joy and the blessing of Emmanuel, God with us. God become flesh for us. And so we certainly thank you for those sacrificial gifts and and, and those generous gifts that you give to us. Amen. And now... May the blessings of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit bless you and keep you always. Amen.